Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This show is sponsored by Mark Drugs, who specialise in the custom compounding of medications, assuring that the client gets the proper prescriptions for their unique needs and conditions. They work with practitioners, integrating knowledge and treatment of experts to create comprehensive health plans. Visit markdrugs.com or call Roselle 630-529-3400 or Deerfield 847-419-9898. I'd like to introduce my guest today, Dr. Beth Livingood, who's from Arizona. Thank you for joining us today, Beth. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, you are one amazing doctor and I have had the pleasure and the privilege of having met you. And you have done um, presentations for the LDN Research Trust, I think the last two years or three. Yes. Some some virtual and just one in one live, one in person. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So share with us. Give us your background, please. Okay. Well, I'm a naturopathic doctor, which is recognized around the world, but with very different levels of um, training and credentialing. So in the United States, some states are uh, licensed as primary care providers, and in Arizona, we have that. So I have a really wide scope of practice and essentially practice as a primary care doctor. However, with this naturopathic training, we were exposed to um, herbs and plants as medicine, some Eastern medicine like acupuncture, and of course, lots and lots of nutrition therapy. So I was fortunate enough in my residency to also be exposed to the LDN book. And I um, learned a lot about LDN through my residency was able to uh, watch it applied to MS and RA and some other things. Um, Of course, the contraindication, safety is always number one when someone's supervising a resident. So that's where I got my um, in-depth training, practical application, and then have been in private practice here in Arizona. And I think because of LBN quite, quite a bit, I can attribute it to that. I've focused my practice a lot on autoimmune conditions chronic pain and autoimmune conditions. And so, of course, LDN plays a big part in that. Okay. So, when you started to prescribe LDN, has it changed from then to now? Yes, definitely. Um, so, you know, maybe seven years ago or so, I think the there was sort of an assumed standard that you're going to target 4.5 milligrams and maybe you'll start out at three. And originally uh, one of the ideas was start in the middle. That way, if it's not quite the right dose, you can go up or you can go down. Well, that sounds good at first, but then (laughs) how do you know which way to go? So I uh, started switching that up where I started really low, like 0.5 or one milligram. And then you gradually work your way up. 
And in that process, I also found that there's nothing magical about 4.5 milligrams. A lot of people settled at two or 1.5 or three. And so that, that was probably the biggest change for me was um, slowly working the dose up from a very low dose because not everyone needs the 4.5. That was just where a lot of the research was done and successfully. So it's great, but it's not always exactly the case. It's very customizable. Mm. It's certainly not one size fits all, is it? Um, yes, definitely. And when I started in 2003, it was standard to start on three milligrams and after a month move up to 4.5. And as you can imagine, mm-hmm. the fallout rate was quite high because that dose mm-hmm. of three milligrams was too high for people and they had side effects. And then when they increased it, to 4.5 those side effects were even more apparent so for some people it it wasn't ever going to work and like you say 1.5 suits some people or two milligram it's not the higher the dose the better the benefit is it it is really correct it's hard because people will say on our facebook group so what is the right dose of, of ldn well Depends who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody can tell you that question. Yeah. Well, how do I know whether yeah. it suits me? How do I know if the dose is too high? You know, how would you answer that question if a patient came to you and said, "How will I find out the right dose for me?" What would your advice yeah. be? So I definitely tell them it's a process, and that I would like to be in touch with them frequently until we find the sweet spot. And how do you know? is basically a balance between feeling some benefit, which we're going to try to quantify or, or at least qualify with certain parameters. So are you feeling benefit and not having side effects? And, you know, for me, in, in my practice, I really haven't seen very many side effects. And if so, they're mild and very easily remedied. So, of course, the most common ones being sleep disturbance, And I found that that's really easily fixed by moving the dose to the morning Mm -hmm. and still have the same efficacy. I I think we're seeing that come out more and more in the literature that it really does not have to be dosed in the evening. So that's that's an easy fix if they find their sleep is disturbed. Uh, I think I've had a couple with some GI upset, some stomach upset, that kind of thing. And just take it with food. Again, an easy fix. Uh, so that's kind of how you balance that out. Are you feeling benefit in terms of, you know, what, how are you trying, what benefits are you trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. And then also, are you not having side effects? That's where that patient should land. Mm-hmm. Now, as we know, LDN isn't a standalone treatment. And what other treatments are used alongside of LDN really depends on the doctor. Um, so, for you, what do you use alongside of LDN? Yeah, yeah, good point. And that's certainly going to be affected by what a doctor's training is in. So I mentioned that we get extensive nutrition training. And so I'm almost always tweaking the patient's diet. So a lot of times we'll do food sensitivity testing, and that's not allergy testing you know, if you have an allergy, of course, you should avoid your allergens. But sensitivities are um, a little more difficult to assess because they're vague. Their food sensitivities show up as joint pain and headaches and fatigue, all these common symptoms we see anyway 
with chronic conditions. So I test for those. And then we change the diet based on that. So nutrition, um, if there's any nutrients that are lacking, those really can be easily assessed with some lab work, basic lab work. And then just making sure they've got enough of those um, nutrients that might be deficient. So, so they might be on some nutritional supplements, right? Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, it's very case-specific. So if I'm dealing with a thyroid condition, that'll be treated differently from RA or MS, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and where does acupuncture come into this? Acupuncture is really helpful for uh, musculoskeletal conditions, inflammation. And then uh, I use it a lot for anxiety, actually. Um, I, I gave a talk about the mental-emotional component that comes along with chronic conditions. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing that having a chronic condition certainly can cause a person to feel depressed or anxious. And on the flip side, we know that a propensity to be depressed also lowers our pain tolerance and lowers our immunity. So, you know, one can go before the other and vice versa, but either way, they both need to be treated. So mm-hmm. acupuncture can be really helpful for mental, emotional issues as well as musculoskeletal issues. So it's great for chronic conditions, RA, pain, fatigue, anxiety, depression. And I notice you do IV therapy, which is something um, many doctors in the U.S. um, provide. We don't actually do Mm -hmm. that in England. (laughs) Um, So what kind of IV therapies do you give? Because it's all uh, a mystery to me, should I say. Ah, yeah, okay. Well, um, side note, I do have a colleague in London who has started giving nutrient IVs. Really? Mm. Yes. I don't know if you can name names, but... Um, you can. Dr. Harpal, Harpal Clinic. Oh, yeah, Harpal Pains, yep. Yeah, of course, of course. So it is a very integrative practice, a functional practice. So definitely your conventional docs are not going to be doing this. There are different kinds of IVs. And I only do nutritional IVs. That means that I'm replacing, um, you know, whatever nutrients a person is low in. You go, you know, you get therapeutic doses. It bypasses the digestive tract so that these nutrients go straight into the muscles, the tissues that are low in, in vitamins. So, so that's a huge benefit. You can get higher dosing and you don't have to digest the vitamins. Mm-hmm. There are other types of IVs that I personally don't do. Some of them are specific to cancer, killing cancer. Some of them are specific to chelation, so you know, removing toxins, um, heavy metals, that kind of thing. Those are specialty IVs that I, I personally don't do. Mm-hmm. And I see stem cell treatment as well. Could you explain mm-hmm. a, yeah. a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um You know, of course, this is a very new branch of medicine. And stem cell, at least in the States, kind of got a a controversial, almost bad rap around it. And it's used incorrectly and broadly to include all kinds of different um, growth factors. And specifically, I'll I'll use, for example, PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. Stem cells have to come 
from truly a stem cell, a bone source, a fat source, or a fetal source, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of those are pretty invasive extraction methods. So there are some other ways around that where you can get similar benefits, but without having to extract these stem cells. So that's a little bit different. Um, They're called exosomes or endosomes, and those are extracted by a simple blood draw. Or you can even purchase them as a uh, concentrated and sterile uh, solution of growth factors. So that is something I use a lot in my practice. And what they do is provide millions and sometimes billions of growth factors. So whatever you inject it back into is stimulated to grow and repair. So it works marvelously on um, degenerative joints. Uh, I use it a lot for hair, hair restoration. So when people have lost their hair due to chronic illness or um, poor nutrient status or even stress, these growth factors help to regrow your hair. So whatever you put it in, it helps to regrow and repair that tissue. It's pretty amazing. Wow. That is amazing, (laughs) isn't it? I can remember going to a seminar. Oh, it would have been um, about 2000 and five probably and it was a a neurologist talking about stem cells how it was very early days and they didn't know much about it and it was um a discussion where they were saying how do you know if you put a stem cell in your body that it's meant to be um growing to help the liver or the kidneys or myelin sheath or whatever and that it doesn't just mm-hmm. go off and grow and turn into a tumor you know and I was yeah. thinking oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> that sounds scary right. you know how does yes. it know what it is you want it to do so do you think it's come on um so that people can pinpoint and direct these stem cells well it's it's certainly come a long way. And like I said, I don't personally use stem cells just because of all the controversy around it in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the FDA is coming down pretty hard on <laughs> being more precise with the use of stem cells. So I'm uh, personally enjoying really good benefit just from using the growth factors. So the other problem mm-hmm. with stem cells, if they're not harvested from the patient themselves, that means you've got the possibility of rejection you're putting somebody else's cells Mm. in you and that's a pretty high risk procedure Um, so with the growth factors and the exosomes you don't have that risk there's no cellular material there's no dna it's Mm -hmm. just the growth factors Mm -hmm. so um, you know with a stem cell i guess the benefit would be you're getting that uh, progenerator cell that's the cell that can turn into anything but you're also getting the growth factors and with the PRP or the exosomes, you're just getting the growth factors. So you're relying on the body to have enough cells there, you know, mm-hmm. to regrow that tissue. So is that given as a, a drip? Is it is it blood that is given or is it an injection? How, how does... Yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good question. There's multiple ways you can put it back into the desired tissue desired location it's it's a blood draw for sure so that's how we get the prp Mm -hmm. spin it down extract Mm -hmm. it it can be um, microneedled back into the skin for example Um, i most often do injections so i'll inject joints 
extreme, you know, joint pain or injecting it back into the scalp, very superficial to target the follicles for hair restoration. Um, I think I mentioned microneedling on the face that promotes collagen promotion, uh, you know, collagen growth. It can be put back into the blood, I suppose. Um, I probably wouldn't do that with the PRP, but I would with the exosomes. As I mentioned, exosomes are highly concentrated, 10 to 50 times more growth factors than I could get out of someone's blood draw. So that might be beneficial. Mm. You're just uh, generally, you know, promoting um, growth repair in the entire circulatory system. Mm. I suppose that could have an application. Mm -hmm. That'd be like an IV. Okay. So are you also helping people to wean off of opioids? Yes. So that, so, you know, as a naturopath, I very rarely prescribe opioids. Um, So getting people off of them, that's usually more what I would do. But Mm. um, yeah, definitely cautiously, um, that definitely needs to be medically supervised. You know, the the old, uh, the standard was LDN and opioids contraindicated don't mix them mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so this is pretty new territory i think for all of us but i i'm just really impressed with how helpful it is and the protocols that are shared among our experts in ldn about how it can safely be used to help people get off opioids mm. exactly mm-hmm. yeah so the other thing that is a big buzz at the moment is cbd do you use that along the side of LDN? Yes, definitely. Um, of course, they work together in a similar way. They're both helping the body's internal or endogenous opioid system, our own opioids. But interestingly, they work on different receptors. So they are very synergistic. You're, it's almost like getting a bonus because they don't work the exact same way. They work slightly differently and they help each other. So I've seen really good benefit with that. Um, Again, with some RA patients, because both of those are anti-inflammatory. So when they get those very painful flares in their joints, the combo just knocks it out. It's it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. Wow. So are you going to share some case studies with us today? Well, yes, let's see. We've... uh, (laughs) Um, maybe something new and different because I think I've talked about um, depression in the past, gastroparesis. And recently, of course, I, as I mentioned, I use LDN with almost all of my autoimmune cases. Mm-hmm. So um, recently I was looking at a Hashimoto's thyroid case and her antibodies were four digits. So really, really high, like thousands in the thousands. And symptomatic. So um, started on LDN with thyroid, you know, some of the um, general or basic supplements that I would also assess first and then make sure they need is things like iodine, selenium, um, zinc, magnesium. So checking those levels and then replacing as they're deficient. So she might be on a... um, you know, nutrient supplement. And then I mentioned also food sensitivities. So making sure the person's diet is anti-inflammatory for starters, but also um, 
excludes any of their allergens and sensitivities. That's just crucial for bringing down inflammation and giving your body one less thing to have to fight off. So having done that, um, her antibodies did come down. They were still high, but only in the hundreds, not the thousands. So that's um, that was an interesting, notable benefit. It's a way to quantify it, but I have to say the antibodies don't always come down. I don't always see that dramatic drop. What I do correlate it with is symptoms. Did their symptom picture change? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's obviously what the patient is after. And that tells me we're on the right track, even if the antibodies are not responding dramatically. Um, so that in this case, when her antibodies did come down a lot, that, that's, all, that's just cherry on top. That's a bonus. And certainly she was feeling better as well. Do you find over a period of time, if the antibodies don't drop initially, over time they do drop? Have you followed up um, with that? It's, it's possible, uh, yes. So yes, that has happened. But the other thing with Hashimoto's, you know, is the, the potential to swing. They can flare. They can swing from hypothyroid to hyperthyroid. And in those cases, that's also when it's really important to start at a lower dose LDN, and they typically require a smaller dose. They hardly ever need to go up to a 4.5. Um, and many patients that are on thyroid medications, I have found, have to reduce their dose, that they don't remain yeah. on the same dose. Have you um, found that? Um, so interestingly, I hardly ever even have to put someone on thyroid replacement. Very rarely. Wow. Yeah. That's so I, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're already coming in to me on that, you know, we'll keep it the same for a while, but almost always they have to come down on their dose or even come off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good one. So what else? Mm-hmm. You know, with the flares on the Hashimoto's, Life happens, right? And it's important for a patient. And for me, I work with my patients on managing their triggers to their flares. So this is what I call nature cure. It's like life management. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you de-stressing yourself at the end of the day? We're designed to manage stress in bursts, not constant, not day after day. We have to be able to decompress, to learn, to relax. That's another place where acupuncture comes in and even meditation. I'm constantly suggesting that my patients learn some breathing techniques or use a meditation app they just listen to each day. So managing stress, managing sleep, and living basically an anti-inflammatory lifestyle primarily with diet is crucial to managing these flares. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have another case today? I would like to share a a pediatric case, and um, I give the caveat here that I am not a pediatrician, and uh, the reason I even took this case was because the child's grandmother had MS and had just amazing response. I mean, basically, LDN was almost all I did for her. We tweaked a little bit her diet, maybe some magnesium or some supplements, but other than that, very very little had to be done and she 
almost was like a new person. She had such a good response. So she asked me, please, 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 can you see my grandson? Mm-hmm. So the caveat here was, I, you have to keep seeing your pediatrician. I will work with the pediatrician and all I'm going to do is manage the LDN. So they agreed. And, um, this was a case where, uh, it was kind of a, a, an aggression disorder. So PDD, possibly pervasive development disorder for there's uh, lack of impulse control, lack of, um, proper socialization, even for the age, which was six at the time. Um, and aggression. So it's not just lack of uh, impulse control, but the, the response or the behavior is very aggressive. So the child was getting in trouble at school, had to be isolated, you know, in terms of um, separate classrooms. And um, again, started super, super low, uh, 0.5 milligrams, I believe. And then within a month, mom noticed this uh, pause in behavior, this pause in the impulsivity that gave the child a chance to redirect, which was a huge step forward. And it, you know, allowed socialization to occur. They can play now without acting out or being aggressive to other kids. Within two months, um, he was back in his own, so he didn't have to be in a separate classroom, was doing much better in school. The only, I guess, um, side effects or things we were trying to manage were his sleep. So, you know, the tricky thing is um, you want them to behave at school, but you also want them to behave at home. (laughs) So um, I, we had for a short time uh, done a twice a day dosing, which I do not usually do, but it was such a small dose and we'd split it to morning and afternoon just to try to get him through that afternoon where he's, you know, doing well at school, but also at home. And it was fine in terms of benefit, but boy, messed up his sleep. Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, he was up more at night. And, um, you know, that means mom's up more at night. So we stopped that afternoon dose, went back to just the morning. And um, and he's doing okay. They had a, um, you know, they've had that same improvement um, with that with that morning dose. Mm-hmm. That that was really exciting. And that was all I did for him, of course. They're still seeing their um, pediatrician. Um, I think I might have suggested, uh, you know, a, a kid's multi, something like that. So very, very basic. Mm-hmm. Well, that would have a big impact on that family, wouldn't it, for sure? Mm. Yeah. Very big. Mm. I mean, just the, you know, I'm a parent too, and so the... Uh, the drain of that. I know, I know what it's like to have to um, worry about your children and it's, it's exhausting. So mm. yeah, the wonderful impact. Well, we have five minutes left. Do you have another case study that you could fit in in five minutes? Um, I will share. Yes. One of my um, depression cases that I wrote up, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it at the conference. And this was a person, again, who did really well on a super low dose. And this was a few years ago. So I I think at that time we had started a little bit higher than I do now. And we found out, again, this this kind of trial and error when you do it that way, that that higher dose was not great. And when we brought her down to, a, she landed on 1.5 milligrams, her response was... um, 
it, it was huge. And I'll, I'll just say what we went from was basically suicidal ideation on a daily basis to not having that anymore. Um, so the impact on, first of all, me thinking, oh, thank God, we don't have to deal with suicidal ideation mm-hmm. anymore. That's a huge success. And of course, for her, um, that was a big benefit. But she had dealt with that for many, many, many years. It was chronic. And uh, for her, she was also using um, not just CBD. It was uh, medical marijuana, so CBD with the THC in it. That was a good combination for her, um, you know, dealing with the anxiety that goes with that, suicidal ideation. She was interesting because um, she's the only time I've ever seen or heard of the LDN, and I'll say allegedly, causing irregular menstrual cycle. So um, I still I still can't say 100% that that's what caused it, but she was convinced because that was the only thing that had changed. And then all of a sudden her cycle was irregular. I even consulted with one of our um, fertility experts that uses LDN and he's like, no, 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 there's no way. LDN is used to promote regularity to help with fertility. But she insisted and I, I always go back to the patient knows their body best. No one knows what's going on with them better than them. Mm. And she insisted that was the only thing that changed and, is, and it was at the higher dose. So as soon as we came down to the uh, 1.5, her cycles were regular again. And uh, so that's where we landed. Wow. That so, was kind of an interesting, interesting but fixable side effect. <laughs> so what dose oh. did she uh, stay on in, at the end? The 1.5. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the, the, in the news here, uh, the awareness of mental health is very, very high. Is it in America? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. I think the fact that, um, you know, some of the royals have taken that on as mm-hmm. their one of their platforms that has helped tremendously. I don't think we've got quite the support over here yet, but, um, but there's definitely, definitely um, a movement. I mean, of course, in my circles, obviously the people I talked to were all very supportive and non-judgmental about mental health, but, um, but there are, lots of, mm, there are a lot of people who think there's a, a big a stigma attached to it and, Sweep it under mm-hmm. the carpet. Don't talk about it. You know, you'll be judged mm-hmm. as somebody who's, yeah. you know, climbing the walls. Yeah. If you've got a yeah a, a problem, keep it quiet. Definitely. And don't you think? I don't know if it's the same over there, but I think men suffer with that worse than women. Mm-hmm. That women are more likely to seek help. Yeah. But I mean, if mm-hmm. something's not quite right and it could be fixed, why suffer in silence? Why feel depressed? And anxious, mm, definitely. And, you know, get it definitely. sorted. Yeah. So, hopefully, yeah. if there's anybody out there listening to this who has depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, you know, find yourself a LDN literate doctor and go and talk to them and mm. see if that would help. But we've run mm-hmm. out of time, definitely. Beth. So that is amazing, and people wow. will be able to watch your presentation from the Bahamas so yeah that's really exciting (laughs) yeah thank you for organizing that okay so 
we will say goodbye for now and we will have you back on the show another time. All right, Linda, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Mark Drugs, who specialise in the custom compounding of medications, assuring that the client gets the proper prescriptions for their unique needs and conditions. They work with practitioners, integrating knowledge and treatment of experts to create comprehensive health plans. Visit markdrugs.com or call Roselle 630-529-3400 or Deerfield 847-419-9898. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.